Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Marnie's Friends, the online training show where experts share insights into aspects of life and leadership that take you from surviving to thriving ASAP. Right now, you are about to discover practical, doable success strategies to shorten your learning curve, increase your productivity, and skyrocket your delight in life. Be sure to thank today's guest by sharing this program via your favorite social media outlet and swing by Marnie.com and give me a shout out too. Now let's get going with today's episode of Marnie's Friends. Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is Marnie and welcome to you. I'm so excited to have you with us for another edition of Marnie's Friends and we are doing a women's ministry training today. Women's Ministry Trends for 2019 and Beyond with our special guest, Cindy Ownby. During the next hour, grab a notepad of some kind because you're going to want to take notes as we discover current changes reflected in the target audiences of women's ministries, three encouraging WM event trends, three women's ministry event trends to keep an eye on, the impact of social media, the shift in Bible study offerings and how to increase involvement in yours, fresh approaches to discipleship and mentoring, up-to-date team management concepts to keep in mind, and how to identify which trends your team should pursue. Our guest today is Cindy Ownby. She's a speaker, writer, seasoned women's ministry leader, and founder of womensministrytoolbox.com. She has a passion for equipping and encouraging women's ministry and Bible study leaders, and you can learn more about that at her site, womensministrytoolbox.com. Welcome to you, Cindy. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's great to be here. Well, and I'm excited to be here. I have loved your site for a long, long time. I was just telling you before we came on the air, I go over there a lot and find great resources. And uh, it's just such a passion in my heart. I was a women's ministry leader for over 20 years and now work with women's ministry leaders uh, hosting uh, womenspeakers.com. And uh, you just have so much to share over there, as well as a lot of insights with your work with women's ministry leaders. And that's why you're here today to kind of bring us up to speed because things always change and we can't just sit back and do things exactly like we used to and expect the same results. So let's go ahead and dive in. Uh, Maybe first of all, Cindy, when was your first involvement with women's ministry and how did you come to start this website? Uh, about 20 years ago, I had our first child, and it started out with me being in a mommy group. And um, from there, I became co-leader, and after mommy group, uh, God led me to help start a mops group at our church. And then, um, despite my reservations, called me into women's ministry. And from there, I actually served on three different women's ministry teams in three different churches in three different cities. And then I've had the pleasure of being on the other side and just kind of volunteering and helping with two other teams. So I've had the chance to see things work a lot of different ways with a lot of different women in a lot of different locations. So um, God, about six years ago, I remember I was kind of frustrated. I was online trying to find resources for women's ministry leaders, free resources, and there just wasn't much out there. And, you know, it was kind of a a prayer of my heart, Lord, you know, where are their resources? I can't find anything. Help me find some things to help my team. And God took that prayer and, you know, like he does sometimes and said, guess what? (laughs) I want you (laughs) to provide those resources. And so I was doing some other blogging at the time, and it was very clear I was to put that down and to shift to where my Mm. passion and my heart was, which is women's ministry. And uh, so, yeah, I've been doing that about six years now, and it's been um, so much fun. I absolutely love it. I love interacting with other leaders and being able to offer tips and help and encouragement because women's mm-hmm. ministry is challenging. It's hard, as you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it does continue to change, and we need fresh stuff all the time. I mean, that that's kind of the bottom line, and for speakers, that's the same, too. You can't just sit on the one topic you've had for the last 20 years and, and go forward with that. You know, God God is moving and changing things. And so we have to just change with them. So what are some of the current changes that you're seeing reflected in the target audiences of women's ministries? Well, like I said, and you're in the same spot, you know, about 20 years ago we got started. Things have changed a lot since then. It used to be that the focus was really on that stay-at-home mom. 
the woman who is married at home with children. And today, if you actually take the time to pull the statistics for your church, you might be shocked at how many women in your church are single, how many are widows, how many are working and don't have kids. We've got to shift things to meet this change in the audience. We're also seeing things such as social media and the big impact that that's making, and we'll talk more about that later. But um, we can't assume that women are the same as they were 20 years ago. So what we were doing 20 years ago just isn't going to work as well today. Right, and I think that the other thing that I've really noticed is that um, the women can't come out for the same reasons because of that, and maybe we'll talk about this later too, but because they are so crazy busy, um, unless you're giving them some real meat, um, they just can't, they, they don't have a lot of room for frivolity. Um, unless unless their real their core needs are also being met. So, what are three encouraging women's ministry event trends that you're seeing? Okay. Well, my first, I like to say this is we've got this trend towards circles and not rows. You know, it used to be you'd walk into mm-hmm. a women's ministry event and it would be set up kind of like a college lecture hall, and it'd just be row after row after row of chair with your speaker in the front. And we can still use that, but we've got to make sure that we break the group into circles at some point. Women are looking for things that are interactive, and they want to talk to each other. They want to talk about what they've experienced. They want to have time to unpack that message with each other. So that's the first thing. Uh, The second encouraging trend I'm seeing is teams and leaders becoming much more intentional. They're stopping to ask does this fit with the mission of the ministry of our church? I mean, that's a question that we need to pause and say, you know, does this really fit? We've got so many ideas coming at us, so many things we could choose to do with women's ministry, but does it really fit what God's calling us to do? Mm-hmm. You know, they're mm-hmm. also evaluating these events when they have them. They're surveying their women to find out what their needs are, and they're assessing the health of their women's ministry. You know, looking at are there women growing? You know, how are they participating? And I actually have a free tool on my site if listeners would like to check it out. That's called the Women's Ministry Health Assessment, and they can find that very easily using the search bar um, at womensministrytoolbox.com. The third cool. is a shift in focus from inside to outside the church, and this is probably the one I'm most excited about. Women's ministry teams aren't relying anymore on the missions team in their church to do all the service projects. Instead, they're partnering Mm, with those mission mm -hmm. teams. And they're saying, how can we come alongside of them? You know, what are some groups in our community that we can partner with? And we're still doing, you know, some of those quick win service projects, and those are good. But I'm seeing a lot more teams be intentional and try to build relationships. So they're not just doing a project once, but maybe they're going out to the women's shelter in town and actually having, like, monthly meetings out there, loving on those women. Maybe they're doing a pampering, you know, event with them and crafts the next month, but really building relationships and getting to know those women and sharing the love of Christ with them. Wow, yeah, so so dead on, so dead on. So this last one um, – I just this last weekend uh, talking with a gal and her daughters highly involved in their women's ministry at a big church, Kansas City, and you know they've got an ongoing ministry to prostitutes. They're going into um, into strip joints and <laughs> and just taking wow. these girls' gifts. And I know it's like wow, that's amazing. But you know, and they're not going in to preach. They're just going in to love on them. And uh, you know, God's just opening doors there. And then uh, the first one you mentioned, uh, the table the interactive versus the rows, the circle versus the rows. Just last week, a women's ministry leader here in Tampa had been telling me about how her church is growing, her women's ministry is growing, and she said one of the main things that they did is they took the rows out and they put tables in, you know. they Love it. <laughs> uh, yeah, right on, right on. Because, you know, you're recognizing, once again, women are so busy. And, you know, her and I were talking about, too, um, that – that not only not only are they so busy, but at the same time they're starving. You know, they're just yeah. they're dying for for godly interaction. 
And so they're super busy. They can't, they can't just come somewhere, sit and listen. And they simply won't. The younger gals, and I don't know, Cindy, I'm sure you've seen this too. You know, the older, the older gals come because they're supposed to still. But the younger girls really can't come for that reason. They won't come for that reason. They have to come because there's something in it for them. When they, when they give up time for this, they have to walk away feeling like this was a very good use of my time. Yeah, it's so different. Yeah, we Mm -hmm. have to meet a need. They they're looking at that that with them. That what's in it for me. That's part of their decision making Mm -hmm. before they decide: Am I going to go to this event or not? So we've got to make it something that they want to come to. You know, and it's such a big change. I remember my mother-in-law arriving at our home one time. They came, they arrived from a long trip after uh, in the evening, and it was just like 10 minutes before it was time to go to Harvest Festival for that night. It was a Friday night, and they were going to be there all weekend, and Harvest Festival was all weekend at the church. And they walked in, and they were they were just kind of coming in, and then she said, you know, well, what's going on tonight? And I said, well, they got Harvest Festival at church, but you guys just got here. We don't need to go tonight. We can go tomorrow. And she goes, well, of course we're going. If they have church open, then we're going. <laughs> but, you yep. know, that's just not the prevailing thought anymore. Now, we have so many more choices. Church is not the place that women are making connections. When they're thinking about, you know, getting together with girlfriends, that's not normally the first place that they think about going. And we need to change that, and I think we can. Yeah, and I, I, I think it's like what you said, the middle one there getting way more intentional, you know, really Mm -hmm. pausing and not just doing things because we've always done them this way. Therefore we're going to do it this way again, but really stepping back and even getting some new voices in on the conversation, some new perspectives from some of your younger gals and say, you know, well, what would you think would work? What would, what would you come out for like that and moving forward? Well, this is Marnie Swedberg. We're visiting today with Cindy Owenby of Women's Ministry Toolbox. We're going to come right back and talk more about women's ministry trends And we're going to talk specifically about three women's ministry event trends to keep an eye on going forward. We'll be right back. Find your next speaker at womenspeakers.com, the largest online directory of Christian women speakers in the world, featuring nearly 1,000 Christian women speakers from every state, denomination, and fee range some near you. It's all available to you 24 hours a day, so you can start your most enjoyable speaker search anytime you have time. Search by location, name, topic, or fee range. Connect directly with the speakers you like using their social media links or the online connection box. It's really that easy. Womenspeakers.com has been the number one online connection place since 2002. Speaker profiles include a bio, professional headshot photo, a list of topics with descriptions, some references from people who've heard them speak, and so much more. It's all fast, fun, and free to search anytime you have time, day or night. Check it out right now at womenspeakers.com. That's www.womenspeakers.com. Welcome back. This is Marnie, and we're excited to have you with us this afternoon. Thanks for joining us for Women's Ministry Trends. And our guest today is Cindy Ownby of womensministrytoolbox.com. Cindy, let's go ahead and dive into the three women's ministry event trends to keep an eye on going forward here. Well, these are the more concerning trends. That's my nice word for it. And this one kind of comes with what I call a Band-Aid warning. So I'm probably (laughs) going to step on a few toes with this. But know that these are things that I am absolutely guilty of, too. So I'm not trying to point fingers with this. So the first and when we're doing is, these, I think, Cindy, when yeah. we're doing these, let's go ahead and do them one at a time and talk them through a little bit. Okay, that sounds great. So the first um, women's ministry t- trend that I'm concerned about is that we Google before we go to God. And what I mean by that is that it's really easy for us to search the Internet or to scroll through Pinterest for ideas, and then we pick one out and we're like, okay, Lord, please bless this event. You know, please bless this idea, Mm -hmm. rather than seeking him first and asking him, what do you want for our women? What is it that our women need? You know, Lord, show us what scripture you want our focus to be on for the next year. Wow. Well, and I know that even before the internet, I remember I remember one day when God really convicted me of that very type of a thing. It was in a different setting, but it was the same thing. I had I was taking care of some children. I was pregnant and when I was going from the house out to the backyard where the kids were playing, I slipped on the stairs and I fell and really hit hard on my tailbone. Oh. 
and went into cramping and I immediately became fearful and I I I went back in. I bet that that time it was before cell phones. That's how old I am. But anyway, I went back in and I picked up the phone and I called one nurse friend and she wasn't available. And I called another nurse friend and she wasn't available. And before I called anybody else, I looked up and I said, well, God, you're just going to have to help me. And I realized in that moment that it was kind of too bad that I didn't think of him first. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah, but you know we don't, Cindy. Um, we ever since we were teeny tiny, we were were learning how to be independent. You know, I'll do it myself, and and uh, our parents are yeah, yeah. You can do this. You go try and do this yourself without my help. So we're learning to be independent as humans, but then as as saints, as as children of God, we're learning to be more dependent. And so it takes a real conscious effort to do this reverse rule thing, where I say, okay, no, God, I'm going to go to you first. And then I'm going to look around and see what you show me. Yeah, totally agree with that one. And that's tough. And we don't usually realize we've done it till after the fact. That's the hardest part. We <laughs> right. can't really reverse right. it, you know, and go back right. and just we just say, okay, Lord, you know, please just help us with this, and we do the best that we can in it. So the second trend that I find kind of concerning is we have some, and this is not everybody, so, you know, again, just Band-Aid warning here, but I've seen some instances in some churches, and it's not usually like across the board for everything they do, but where there's a little too much focus on their decor and not enough on the message. I've actually Mm. personally witnessed this. I've been at events where the stage was so beautiful, and I mean, just so so many decorations and scripture and there was so much to look at that it distracted from the speaker and it was really Mm. hard to focus on what they were saying because you were so busy you know it was almost like where's Waldo you know you were finding new things (laughs) decor to look at and you're like oh look at that that's Mm. so pretty you know oh wait what is she talking about now and uh, it just it pulls our focus off what it really should be And, you know, this is so hard because so many women are gifted in this area. And we, you know, we just kind of have to train them along. We've got to be very gentle because we don't want to offend them or step on their toes. Um, Some of them just need us to rein them in just a little bit, be really clear, and let them know, you know, we want it to be simple. You know, we, you know, make sure that we don't distract from the speaker up front. You know, maybe give them something else that they can really put a lot of extra effort into, the prayer room or something like that. But um, I've even seen this in the way that events are planned and structured. So a lot of churches have, you've probably heard of table events. Do you know what I'm talking about, Marnie? Mm-hmm. Where, where they decorate so go ahead and the table a little bit more for the okay. yeah. yeah yeah so um at these events sometimes they're called banquet events uh, bouquet of tables but there's a hostess for every single table and she's in charge of decorating the table a lot of times they'll bring out their fine china sometimes not some of them will use you know really cute paper products and things like that and they'll have favors and there's usually this big elaborate um centerpiece in the middle of the table and it becomes a competition. I mean, it's it's really kind of sad. It's almost funny if you sit back and can have some perspective on it and realize that some of these women start planning their tables the moment the last event ends. And they are like, oh, what are we going to do next year? Okay, you know, we loved how so-and-so did such-and-such on their table. And all of a sudden, the event is all about hmm. the table. And it's not about mm. the message God has. It's not about was there even a salvation message presented. I, you know, it's it, it's an easy trap that Satan sets for us, and we fall right into it. Mm. Yeah, and I mean, I think that I think the key thing of what you said is certainly this doesn't happen with all churches, but it's definitely right. a trap to be careful for and it's really true kind of across the board with anything we're doing as soon as it becomes a snare as soon as it becomes a problem um, for people's hearts you know that's the time to just go back to God and say okay what should we do is do we keep going with this or do we change it up and do something totally different and sometimes it just takes you know pulling the plug on it um, for a year or two and then you can go back to it without the same type of feelings involved uh, because um, everything you've been talking about, like the decor and the table, 
those are wonderful. And I've been at so many events where they're they're just fantastic, and um, they they aren't distracting. And they're done for God, and in a God honoring way. And you know, so don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's but, the cost. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, just you know, just the, that. You know, and I, I think the other thing that I think about with the gals who are so great at the decorating, um, it's really an awesome way for women to participate. Like, I'm a speaker, and Cindy, you do some speaking, uh, but that's not everybody's gift. You know, I mean, every, everybody can't be the speaker, and everybody can't do the special music, and everybody can't do the food. You know, so then there's this um, this other ministry part here, and it's really a beautiful thing, and women love beauty i mean god created us like that to love it so it's such a wonderful ministry but i agree when it becomes when it becomes anything other than christ when it when anything other than christ becomes the focal point that's when we know we're in trouble and we better step back and you know take a take a second look at that what is the third ministry trend that you're a little concerned about all right so again it's one of these things it's not across the board it's not in every church But I have seen some events that are too focused on feelings instead of growth. We almost look at it as, well, you know, I went through three Kleenexes, so it was a great event. You know, we are looking Mm -hmm. at the emotions that are stirred up and Mm -hmm. that physical response that women have instead of the spiritual response that they're having. We've got to make our goal spiritual transformation and not just emotional. I mean, we can combine them but we've got to be really careful that we're not just sharing personal stories to get that, you know, to trigger those tears. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That happens sometimes. We've got to make sure that they're balanced. If we're going to use them, balance them with deep biblical teaching. We've got to be praying that our women are going to feel the Holy Spirit at our events and not just pray that they're, you know, that they're going to be moved, but moved by the Holy Spirit. It's a fine line. Mm -hmm. Um, It kind of goes back to just the purpose and the intent of the event. And, again, it's not something that happens everywhere, you know, with everyone and every place and everything. But, you know, there's it's just, again, you know, Satan knows where our weaknesses are, and he has women's ministry as a target. I firmly believe that. He wants to make sure that we're not growing our girls, that they're not getting that deep, spiritual, rich teaching that they need. He wants us distracted. He wants us focused on pretty shiny objects Mm. and um, not really growing spiritually, as we know that's our goal. Mm, That's so good. One of the things that I'm really enjoying um, right now, maybe compared to in previous years, is the increase of how many how many um, event planning groups have a prayer committee assigned directly mm. to it, as well yeah. as are bathing the whole thing in prayer um, at every meeting, uh, starting and closing with prayer about it, but not just like the opening prayer, but like actually spending some time, as well as I love the concept of a prayer committee where someone's in charge and sending out daily reminders to the team um, and updates and like even when I speak, I love it when I get a list of the women who've registered so far and I can start praying for them by name. There's just so many of these things that are different now. I mean, we can we have we have such great communication tools that it makes all these things very simple to add to the list of things to do. But the prayer piece to me, I mean, the difference between having an event that's been based in prayer and having an event that hasn't been based in prayer, you know, the event that hasn't been, it's still being done by Christians and God's in it. But the event bathed in prayer, definitely we're seeing um, dramatically greater spiritual results, uh, eternal results, as well as uh, deep lasting soul change in the women compared to like just what you were talking about, maybe more of a surface, short-term, temporary, emotional, uh, high, a momentary motivation, but then it fades away as they get back into their daily life. So I, I love these are really, really good. Um, I want to move us along a little bit to social media. And just to start on this topic here, social media is huge. And a lot of churches have a church uh, web web page as well as a Facebook page, as well as a women's ministry Facebook page under that, as well as an event page under that. <laughs> and it can be... It can get to be quite a lot to juggle. So um, why don't you talk to us 
about this from your perspective and some things you're seeing that work or that maybe don't need to be or don't work? All right, well, let's start with Facebook since you brought that up. We need to know where our women are on social media. And typically speaking, I mean, there's no hard lines here, but it's mostly your, over, your 40s and over that are on Facebook. If they're under 40, by and large, they're going to be a lot more active on Instagram. So we need to know. And those are kind of the two big ones right now as far as women's mm-hmm. ministry and trying to reach them with, you know, information and publicity is concerned. There's some other things out there. Um, but those are kind mm-hmm. of the two that I suggest people focus on. Um, yeah. It's great because this, like you said, there's so many new things and so many new avenues and ways for us to reach women. And this is a great opportunity that we need to do better training on, that we need to make sure that we are focused on and have a plan. I mean, it's great if there's a publicity team per- member on right. the team. That, that's their job because it does – cover so many areas and you know trying to decide okay what's what are we going to post where are we going to post it when are we going to post it what does it need to say and there's so many ways you can post I mean it's not just oh let's create a graphic and put it out there on Instagram oh what if we create an Instagram story and get that out there and what if we make video and put that on YouTube but also share it on Facebook Mm -hmm. and share a snippet of it on Instagram So there's ways to recycle that content and use it in a lot of different formats to reach a lot more women. And they're responding to these things. They get excited when they see, oh, hey, you know, there's a a sneak peek at something coming up for the retreat this weekend, and they're, you know, showing a little snippet of it on Instagram or whatever. And you can create hashtags. That, I think, is so fun. Uh, We did this at an event at our church recently. We had a guess who's coming to dinner night. And we were sent out across the city, actually across a couple cities because of where we're located, and there were about eight of us at each home. And so they asked us to, and we didn't know who was going to be at dinner. That was the whole guess who's coming part. So we just knew where we were going and what dish we were bringing. So we get there, and it's a big surprise to who's there for dinner. And so they were like, you know, everybody take a picture of your group eating dinner Mm, together with the hashtag. Mm -hmm. And they had come up with a unique hashtag. So then we could go through social media later, and we could see all the other groups that were also doing it at the same time we were, that were all part of our church. And that was just a really cool way to make everybody feel like they were still part of it, even though we were meeting in individual homes everywhere. And, you know, it's great for women who missed out to see those pictures too because they see them and they're like oh gosh maybe I really want to go next time you know (laughs) maybe weren't on the fence and ah you know I don't know guess who's coming for dinner sounds a little hokey I'm not sure I want to go but then they start seeing these pop up in their feed and they're like oh you know that looks really really fun and they're having a great time so I want to make sure I sign up the next time it comes around (laughs) <laughs> I love that. I actually love that event idea. Sounds really fun too, just all by itself. I haven't ever heard of that, and that sounds absolutely like a ton of fun for an evening event. This is Marty interviewing today, Cindy Ownby of Women's Ministry Toolbox.com. We're going to come right back, talk a little bit more about social media and also about the shift in Bible study offerings and how to increase involvement in yours. We'll be right back. Minutes with Marty is my per minute coaching service. Whenever you feel stuck, have an idea you want to run by me, need to pick my brain, or would like me to edit your one-page or media pitch, just schedule a 15- to 60-minute session using the Easy Calendar tool at Marnie.com. I'm so grateful that you're here with us today, and I hope to connect with you one-on-one soon. Visit Marnie.com, that's M-A-R-N-I-E.com, to schedule your coaching session right now. And for those of you who haven't been with us for a while, we've we've made our move to Florida to be close to our daughter who gifted us with darling little grandbaby two months ago. So excited to be living right in the same city with them. And my schedule allows for a little bit more coaching. And what's fun about the coaching programs that I do is that they are one-on-one and you don't have to sign up for six weeks or pay thousands of dollars. It's just a permanent, whenever you need a couple minutes with me, just book a session. And kind of that's how we go forward. So I'd love to uh, get to know you better that way and assist you with that. Back to our guest today, Cindy Ovi. Thank you so much for being here. We were talking right before break about social media 
And one of the things that I was thinking about social media is um, kind of a principle that I learned uh, several years ago is that people really like to be in the know. They like like uh, posting things after the event has a lot of value too, but posting things before the event, now that's really where the gold is. And um, people kind of, there's this kind of underlying uh, feeling that we have that if I'm in on it ahead of time, then I'm special. <laughs> Other yeah. people might miss it and might not know about it until later, and that's their bad and their loss, but I was one of the special ones who got to hear about it early. So I think that the, pre, the pre-publicity that can go on is, so helpful. And you mentioned a couple things like uh, video of, uh, you know, just a video welcome or invitation to them. What are some other things that people are putting out early for events? Oh, I'm seeing sneak peeks of things. You know, they're even getting all fancy and blurring, like if there's a gift bag or uh-huh. a paper or, you know, a guest <laughs> or something like that. I've sure. seen um introductions of a guest panel so maybe they're having like a Q&A or a season moms or um, one of those types of events and so they're taking the weeks before and it's like you know meet Susie she's a mom this you know this and they give like her whole little bio so you start to feel like you already know the women that are going to be on the panel before the event ever even happens so you're starting to make those connections it's their possibilities are just endless it's a matter of time and creativity to be honest and the great thing is we can scroll through and pick up ideas and gather and glean them from all over the place you know you see a church or even a company do something and you're like oh wait that would really work for the next event that we have coming up and so you know you just kind of got to file those ideas away somewhere and remember that they're there and um, put them to use and intrigue your women, you know, invite them in, like you said, a little bit early, give them those sneak peeks so that they already feel like they really <laughs> want to be there and they know what's going to happen. And, and and you guys might think that, you know, it's too early, but it's never really too early. If you're planning it, it's okay to let people know that you're planning it and to just empower your team members to go ahead and post, like, um, buying party favors for the retreat, uh-huh. you know, or whatever. Yeah. And it's even um, take pictures of your team meetings. So you've had a team meeting tonight and we were hashing out, hashing out the schedule and we can't wait to have you spend the weekend with us. And, you know, I mean, just go ahead and tell your speaker uh, when she's prepping, uh, tell her, you know, if you come across a Bible verse that's just really got your heart or maybe an illustration or you want to do a little video and say, you know, I was just studying for this and learn this, anything that you can do to just make it alive um, and, and make them feel like they're already part of it will increase the likelihood that they'll come and be part of it. Absolutely. And they'll be talking about it, too. I mean, especially right. if it's something mm-hmm. like, fun, you know, if you can find something humorous or maybe even sometimes a little snarky, a little bit of sarcasm in there, and you get a react, then they'll be, oh, did you see the video that they, they got, you know, Pastor Bob to stand up and, you know, do stuff, you know, right. involve the staff. We This was years ago before, you know, Facebook really got to be big and before Instagram. But we created a video for a retreat that we had, and we actually had our pastor do the entire promo. And the whole premise, and I kind of borrowed this from some other church. I'd come across the video along the way. can't remember where it was anymore. But the whole thing was, men, we've got a problem. The women are getting together, <laughs> and they are having a retreat, and they're not inviting us. And it's in the golf capital of the world, Myrtle Beach. And so he's going on and on, you know, and he's in, he's inserting all the fun things that we're going to do while we're there and, you know, oh, acting cute. like he's yeah. really mad that the men have been left out of this. And I, it was so funny. The attention that it got, it caught Everybody was laughing. They actually let us show it before the service started, which we were really fortunate. But now, you know, you can pop it on Instagram. You can pop it on Facebook, put it on YouTube. Right. You can get out there a lot of ways. But, um, and, right. you know, church service, too. Don't forget about that. But yes, you can yeah. definitely uh, have some fun with it. Yeah, absolutely. That's so fun. Um, and I think the other thing is just keep thinking shareable, too. Um, think, okay, would, and every every post doesn't have to be like this, but think about now um, jo, Joanne who's thinking about coming to the event and um, she's pretty excited about it and she's thinking about her friend Tanya 
who Mm -hmm. she'd like to invite. Now, which of these posts can she actually literally share with Tanya's name, you know, uh, to it that she's not going to feel like dumb about sharing where she's like, oh, yeah, I mean, this is this is a really good one. I'd, I'd like to I'd like to start, you know, seeding this idea in her mind as well. So, you know, you, it's kind of a bigger picture than just uh, getting the word out. It's really, right. I, I call them campaigns. <laughs> it's a campaign. <laughs> yeah, we almost have to think like marketing teams, which you is do. a big uh-huh. shift from where yeah. how we used to do mm-hmm. publicity. But um, there's lots of ideas out there. We just got to gather them up and put them to use. Well, and the reason for it, too, um, just to back up a little bit, the reason mm-hmm. for it, again, is because you used to host an event and all the women would come. That was just the, right. state, the given. You yep. open the doors, the women will come. But that is just not our culture anymore. Now, unless you prove to them that this is a good use of their time, they can't come. They've got, they've got 12 other options to do during that time. Exactly. <laughs> so you have to give them something. And, of course, the whole, we can't, you know, ignore. The Holy Spirit is also drawing them uh, through many different, you know, avenues, whether they see the exciting uh, promos or not. The Holy Spirit is also drawing women. But, but our bottom line is that we have to say, okay, this is our culture. This is where we live. And this is what it's going to take to really get these gals in that wouldn't normally come. And that's who we're talking about. Exactly. Yeah. Well, let's go on to the Bible study. And, of course, uh, every year in March, we host the Bible Study Expo over at BibleStudyExpo.com. And you can see hundreds of Bible study books there and interviews with the authors of those books. These are Bible study books for women. And, of course, we're coming up on our 10-year anniversary, Cindy. This is so exciting for me. Oh, my goodness. And doing Bible Study Expo. I know, for 10 years and um so bible study is near and dear to my heart and sometimes we uh, again don't change we just say okay that's how we've always always done it this is what we're going to keep doing but the reality is that we need to keep our heart open to what god's doing now so what are you seeing as the shifts in bible studies well the good news is that I'm continuing to see women's ministries have a really strong turnout in their Bible studies. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. the good news is we're not seeing as much drop off, I think, as we do with events typically. And I'm seeing more women's ministry teams realize that there's a need for evening studies and studies at different times of the day because there are so many women that are working full time or working out of their home and can't come to a 10 a.m. on Wednesday morning Bible study. And so like at our church, there are five different times during the week, and at least mm-hmm, two, right. two are in the evening. I think there's like a really early, early morning one um, that's even an option for people who want to get up early and go before work. So they are making sure that they know what the need is, first of all. You've got to figure out what is the need in your particular church for your particular women, and then how are you going to meet that need. So that's um, that's something exciting that's good to see is that there are a lot of options out there for women or churches at least moving in that direction. I actually did a survey in August online, and we had over 1,100 women respond. And the one thing that they said about women's ministry Bible studies is they want to go deeper. They yeah. want deep Bible study. And we're seeing that trend. I mean, you can look back, and yes, Kay Arthur had some, and she still does, have inductive Bible Mm -hmm. studies. So they've been there, but we're kind of seeing a resurgence with that. And I give credit to Jen Wilkin for a lot of that with Women of the Word. A lot of women have come across that book. It's very popular, and she really breaks down how to teach women to read and study the Bible for themselves. It's an excellent resource. Highly recommend it. And more and more churches are taking that approach. They're, you know, they're still doing topicals and, you know, having other offerings and things, but I'm seeing a lot more inductive type studies, even by authors. Mm -hmm. They're taking the time inside their Bible study to show women how to break it down, how to ask those observation, interpretation, and application questions, how to even look at the cultural context and how that changes the way that we read scripture. So we're arming and we're equipping women how to really dig into the Bible and read it for themselves. Mm, That's great. 
So what would you suggest if um, a church wanted to increase their involvement, um, like they don't have enough women coming to Bible studies, they see that this is a need, what would you recommend that they do to encourage more attendance? Uh, there's a lot of different things that you can do. Um, the big thing we kind of talked about was time. you got to make sure that it's at a time that women want to attend. You've got to make sure that they're given time to talk. Uh, I see some Bible studies where, you know, you watch a video for an hour and then you've only got 15 minutes to actually right. talk about things. And yeah. women tend to get a little burnout on that. I mean, there's definitely good in that and there's a time and a place for it. But if that's all you're offering and that's the mm-hmm. only option that they have, you know, from anything um, for every session or whatever, then you might start seeing attendance drop off. Um Good leaders really make a difference. If you can train your leaders into building community and starting before Bible study even starts, sending out a welcome letter to the women and saying, you know, I'm really excited that you're coming. I cannot wait to see you. This is what we're going to be doing this week. Here's the room number in case you've forgotten where we're going to be. If you've got any questions, reach out to me and let me know. But then continuing that conversation and making sure that they are regularly touching base with those women week after week, not just at Bible study, but in between Bible study, makes a huge difference. If it's just a short text message or an email reminder, hey, you know, just want to make sure you got our homework assignment and such and such for this week, and we're going to meet for lunch afterwards for those that can go. That's another way to kind of extend Bible study and offer opportunities for women to fellowship and get to know each other deeper. Because the more bonds mm-hmm. that they have within that group, the more likely they are to attend and to keep coming back. Because I'm sure you've seen it and heard about it, you know, attendance drops. You start out with that big group of 20, and then halfway through, all of a sudden, you've only got 10 ladies left. And it just breaks your heart because you're like, where did they all go? What happened? You know, how do we get them to come back? And if we can really work on building community, maybe doing an icebreaker, you know, take five minutes at the beginning of each bubble study lesson and just ask a fun icebreaker question just so they get to know each other better and they can connect on shared experiences and shared preferences, then it's a little bit easier when they know the person sitting next to them on a deeper level that, and they know, oh, she's going to notice if I'm not here and um, following up when they're not there. There's, there's a lot of tips and tricks. I actually um, have something on my, I have lots of articles on my website about Bible studies and um, tricks for Bible study leaders, but I actually created a resource called Bible Study Facilitator Training, where I share all kinds of tips and tricks that I acquired over the years, everything from managing discussion and kind of helping those that share a little too much and those that share not quite (laughs) enough, but also really emphasizing that building community and staying in touch with those women and encouraging them to come. Because when they're excited about Bible study, then they bring their friends. And then you see the opposite happen. Instead of your group petering off, the further you go, you're actually adding to your group, and it's growing because you're leaving the door open and allowing women to come in at any time because we know God can use that time. Even if they're just Mm -hmm. there for one week, we know that that Mm -hmm. can make a difference and God can use that. Right, which brings up another aspect of this too, a trend, um, a trend to not require women to do their homework. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yes, you know, you you do it when you can, and you come anyway when you don't, and there's no condemnation there for you. Uh, we recognize that you know you want to get as much out of this as possible, so we want you here as often as possible, even if you haven't had time to do the do the workbook. Um, so another one that I just wanted to bring up that I think is a really cool thing that I've seen more and more of, especially in the bigger groups and in the smaller groups, you can do this too, but you have to alternate weeks In the bigger groups they would are doing like, um, they do the Bible study thing first and then they break into groups at the end and you pick which it's almost like an elective kind of, you pick which group you want to go into once the Bible study part is over and then you're doing an act of service. You're either in the kitchen mm-hmm. cooking meals for crisis situations. You're in the in the sanctuary doing worship music uh, to prepare to do, go and, and do a program. At a, you're with a group that's working on baby gifts for the pregnancy care center, uh, pregnancy center, or you're in a group doing a mission project, either writing letters to missionaries or preparing a care package to send. And what they're finding, what is happening is that women w- women really do want, they want to 
work in the church. Mm-hmm. They want to yeah. be useful and, and apply and give, but they don't have a space in their life to do it. There's just, it's too hard. Like we used to take meals to people, but now everybody's so spread out. You know, you just don't have time to go all the way across town with this meal. You know, you maybe have time to make it, but you don't have time to deliver it. <laughs> so, you know, the, the, this is just addressing kind of that, again, the new culture that we're in and saying, here's a way where we can help you achieve one of the things that is in your heart to do, which is to actually give and to help and to serve. We're going to take a real quick break here and come back and talk about some up-to-date team management concepts to keep in mind, some fresh approaches to discipleship and mentoring, as well as how to identify which trends your team should pursue. Don't go anywhere. Leaders across America rely on womensevents.info to find the major Christian women's events coming to their area. Womensevents.info is the only online directory of its kind featuring all the upcoming major Christian women's events. You are invited to search for events coming near you or to add your own major Christian women's events. Everything's easy and accessible over at womensevents.info. That's www.womensevents.info. Welcome back. This is Marnie Swedberg. You're joining us at Marnie's Friends for Women's Ministry Trends for 2019 and beyond. And we're so excited to have you with us this afternoon as long as as well as our special guest, Cindy Ownby of Women's Ministry Toolbox.com. Cindy, let's go ahead and um, we're coming in on the end of the hour here, but there's some great content I know that you've prepared to share with us. So let's talk about some fresh approaches to discipleship and mentoring. Okay. Well, I think in a lot of recent years and a lot of churches, they have been really focused on small groups, and they're starting to see that they need to layer discipleship on top of that, that discipleship isn't necessarily happening through their small groups. And so they're adding another program. I know that sounds bad. Some churches are really trying to get away from programs, but trying to make it more of an emphasis and a focus. Um, Some ministries are um, using a more formal approach, and some are using a more organic approach where they're, you know, encouraging people to ask each other to mentor or disciple one another. And then others are, you know, having formal events where, you know, hey, we're going to have a night where we're going to talk about the program, we're going to have you fill out a sign-up sheet, and then we're going to pair people off. Right, and it, it was interesting. Just this last weekend, um, we we traveled and we're with a mentorship couple who is, has mentored us over the years in in a very informal way. Um, we never have like done a sit down study with them, but their lives have mentored us. They've always been available to us, and uh, we went and met with them. And it's interesting that just right now she's doing uh, that. Gal is doing three mentorship one on ones with people, and you know how it tra- how it changes out, and somebody will stick with it for a while, and then life will interfere, or they'll move away, or whatever. You know, and so she's just getting a new gal, and they actually have a book that they go through. But again, um, if you don't have time to do your stuff at home, just come anyway. It's just more of a relationship. We're using the book kind of just to cover the basics and make sure that you have your foundation in place. Yeah, it, it's just a wonderful. It's a wonderful concept, and, and it 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 needs to be there, especially yeah. um, especially if we're hoping that people are going to come to Christ. We have to have a way for them to. Uh, be discipled and be mentored, as well as to kind of onboard them into a church body where they don't know anybody. They really need somebody who's going to really know them very quickly in their relationship with Christ. I want us to move along to the team management concepts because a lot of the gals who are listening today are women's ministry leaders, and this is you know this is something they have to think about all the time is how to retain volunteers, how to get people to step up to the plate and really participate so it all doesn't fall on the women's ministry leader. Well, yes, unfortunately, we're still seeing a lot of women's ministry leaders that are doing it all themselves, and that is one of those traps we fall into because it's a lot easier just to do it yourself than to explain it to somebody else. And I have been totally guilty of that as well. And um, really trying to emphasize with leaders that you've got to have a team. I mean, we look at the Bible. Jesus had a team of 12, and he had a smaller team of three. You know, all throughout Scripture we see people working in teams to spread the gospel. So we need to model that as well. And we also have an obligation and an opportunity to provide ways for our women to use their gifts. And there are so many gifted women in our churches 
that just need to be asked. And we need to pray before we just go out there and start grabbing people. God can point us to the women that he wants on our team, and he can put people in our path. I know a lot of women struggle, and they say, you know, well, I only know the people in my circle. So how else do I figure out who in my church to ask to serve on the team? And I have a couple mm-hmm. suggestions for them. One is to talk to the pastoral staff because they're going to mm-hmm. know who your really strong, spiritually mature, reliable women are in the church. But the second place that I tell them to go is to the, like the small group and Sunday school teachers for their younger classes, like the young couples class or the college and career class. Most teams are missing those young voices. And mm-hmm. if they're yeah. older women, they don't know people very well that are in, you know, perhaps their 20s or even early 30s. And so they're, they're at a loss as to who to ask because they just don't intersect with them on a regular basis. So you go to those Sunday school teachers and you say, you know, hey, this is what we're looking for. This is what we have a need for on our team. Is there anybody in your class that you know or in your group that you think would be a good fit? Would you please pray about it? And they're a great resource for making sure that those teams are multi-generational because that is critical going forward. We've got a lot of women's ministry teams out there that are really out of balance. They're, and some of them are actually out of balance in the opposite way than you would think. Some of them are all younger women. They don't have any older women right. that want to yeah. serve. You know, we've got to make mm-hmm. sure that the teams have representatives that reflect the makeup of the church. So we need to have some single people on that team. We need to have some working women on that team. We need to have a widow on that team if we've got a lot of widows in our church. We need to make sure we've got all different ages represented. It's, it's really hard to meet the needs of your women if you don't have women from those groups represented on the team speaking out and letting you know what those needs are. Yeah, and there's a couple other uh, things I was thinking of as you were talking to. Um, you started with, you know, the need for teamwork, and I so agree with that. But for the women's, meter, women's ministry leader who's listening and she's like, but I have asked everybody and I'm by myself, just remember that also in Scripture we see that the books of the Bible were typically written only by one person, by themselves, writing it with the Holy Spirit. And also you think of uh, examples like Daniel or Joseph or even Paul in prison where, um, you know, they just kind of had to uh, do this by themselves mostly. And so just for this season, it's okay, no guilt. (laughs) None of this is meant to make you feel guilty. None of this is meant to make you feel guilty. You're doing the best you can, and God God sees your heart and your labor. But... Sometimes, gals, it, we don't do it anymore because there isn't anybody to help us, but we're doing it because we just we just want to do it. We just want to do it ourselves and get it done, and it's just easier, like you said. And a lot of times uh, God is saying, you know, you, you're really missing out on an opportunity to develop some leaders around you to get some help for yourself as well as to uh, be a team and God loves body life. Another thing I was thinking about current uh, meetings is to make sure you have an agenda and that you have a start yeah. and end time. That is, you can bank on that. Now, you can stay in fellowship after that end time, but uh, the gals who have, have little ones or have to go to work in the morning, they, they can't just hang out until you get to the business like we used to be able to do. Uh, so agendas and keep keep it in line. And then also a no-guilt way to sign up for openings. And I know a lot of gals quit coming to um, leadership meetings or, or organizational meetings because they feel so guilty that they can't ever sign up for anything. It's just in they do not have the time or the resources to give in that way. So when you're doing sign-ups for something, make sure that there's an easy out that doesn't have guilt attached to it, even for someone who might tend toward a guilty conscience when there's nothing to be guilty about. So just make sure that she is safe coming to your meetings. Okay, we have a couple minutes to talk about trends that teams should pursue. How do you how do you know? How do you know which ones of these things to um, to chase after? Which ones to let go? What do you think? Well, the biggest thing is we've got to pray. I mean, God knows what it is that your women need in your church because every church is different. Even the church across the street that may be in the same community, that makeup for their women's ministry is going to be different. They're going to have different needs. So we've got to pray and seek before we make any changes because we can get really excited about something and jump ahead of God and then realize, oh, we got to back way up. So we don't want to make that mistake. Um, we also want to make it a team decision, like we were just talking about teams. 
we don't want to be the lone ranger to ride in on the horse and say, this is what we're going to do. I found all these great ideas online, and we're making some changes around here. (laughs) Because that is not going to go over well, let me just tell you. So you want to make sure that you bring your team into the conversation, that you guys have unity before you move forward on decisions. And if they're really big decisions and maybe even the small ones, depending on the culture in your church, you want to have that pastoral support. You need to let them know what's going on, especially if you're taking like a sacred cow event, how we were talking about events earlier that may have gotten a little off track and we need to kind of rein them back in or maybe even press pause on them while we rethink and restructure them, that can cause severe disruption in a church. People tend to freak out a little bit when their favorite, favorite, favorite event that's been going on for, you know, 10 or 20 years all of a sudden Mm -hmm. doesn't happen. So we really, really want to take care that we've talked to the pastor and he's on board and in agreement and has given you godly counsel as to how to proceed forward. And that kind of brings me to my, my third thought is that change is hard. I mean, anything that we do that's different, we get really used to things being the same way all the time. Yeah. But if we stay the same all the time, we're not going to be meeting the new needs of the women that are coming in. We're just going to keep meeting the same needs of the same people that we're reaching right now and not reaching outside that circle. So it's hard. Mm. We've got to pray about it and make more little steps than big steps, unless the Lord's been really, really clear that, yes, you need to change directions, or yes, you need to take this huge step forward. A lot of times he just prompts us to take little steps so that we Mm -hmm. can bring everybody along with us. And then you'll look back, you know, five years from now, and it will seem like a big step, but you've slowly made some little incremental changes that's got you a little more better positioned to where God really wants you to be. Oh, wow. So good. Well, uh, I love your heart, Cindy. I love your website, uh, womensministrytoolbox.com. And I'm sure I love it because I love your heart. And you just have such a such a biblical, um, wise approach to women's ministry leadership. And I'm so grateful for your work and for your life and how you've just so freely shared so many resources with people. In fact, you guys want to be sure to go over and check out womensministrytoolbox.com. Cindy, when they go over there, what are they going to find? Oh, they're going to find lots of stuff. I think there's probably <laughs> over 400 blog posts at this point on there, but mm. they, it's filled with free forms. That was my goal, was to offer as many free resources as possible. There are some things that I link to that are not free, but I try to keep them very inexpensive because I know the struggle women's ministry budget can be if you even have a women's ministry budget. So there are some e-books that you can purchase. I mentioned the Bible study facilitator training earlier. There's some online courses that you can take. But I'll tell you, the one thing most people come to my website for are icebreaker games. I have a big list of icebreaker games, and most of them are original games that I've created or tweaked from other ideas that I've seen online. And the neat thing about the icebreaker games is that they're intentional in building community and trying to connect your women. Mm-hmm. I love that. And I, I always like, I always like doing events where everything ties together from, you know, the, the theme to the icebreaker to the talk, you know, it's just building the t- I always call it just digging deeper. You know, you just, you start with that seed thought and you just build it all the way through the whole thing from the very first moment they hear about the, promotion of it all the way till the end. Cindy, you do such a great job on all of this. Thank you so much for being here today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Well, it's been just a delight, and you guys want to be sure to go over and check out Cindy's website at womensministrytoolbox.com. And also, I just want to take a moment and thank you for being here. It's always such a delight to have you with us at Women's, or sorry, at Blog Talk Radio and uh, at the show. And for those of you who listen to the archives and the syndicates and who host us around the net, thank you for that. I hope that you'll invite a friend and share this with a women's ministry leader in your life. Uh, this is a great program, and all women's ministry leaders should hear this before moving forward for the next year. Uh, Delightful to be here with you. I hope you have a wonderful day, and we'll see you next time on Marnie's Friends. Bye-bye.
big wireless companies sold you an outdated plan tied to long-term contracts and mystery fees. Simple Mobile's different. You get a lightning-fast 4G LTE nationwide network with no contract ever. And keep the phone a number you love. Just text the word BYOP to 611611 to see if your phone is compatible. Simple Mobile. Out with the old, in with the simple. Standard text message and data rates may apply based on your mobile phone service. Please refer always to the privacy policy at simplemobile.com slash privacy policy and the terms and conditions at simplemobile.com slash terms and conditions.